We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Part two of the DFS OG podcast. Finishing up our week 13 look at all the afternoon games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and of course, we'll answer some user questions, give you some hot takes along the way, and of course, we will get the top update on the famous season-long team. Let's see if you can put a number two into that win column. But we'll get to that. Let me bring in my boys here, Notorious Head Chopper. Guys, how we doing? Noto, let's get started with you. Oh, doing really well. Can't believe the season is, uh, you know, nearing an end. It's crazy. It's we know crazy. Chop's not in competition for the playoffs, but, you know, a lot of people are in season-long leagues. So, Chop, I don't know if you want to give the update now, later. We can hang on to it, but how we doing, brother? I'm doing good. And, uh, yeah, we can get an update here. I'll give you a little update. I'm, uh, I was in the process of tanking for Todd, and then somehow my team put up a 163 this weekend and, and won by 40 points. I don't know how that happened. The other guy's competing for the playoffs. Actually, he's like the second seed, and I beat him. I don't know how. I don't know why. But uh, – it put a it put a damper on my Todd Gurley, but then I got to thinking about it. You know what? Saquon Barkley might not be a bad consolation prize next year. So maybe I just for the sake of pride, maybe I'll pull out and get out of the cellar, pull up to you know second to last place, so I don't have that asterisk by my name forever, and I get Saquon instead. So I think I have a new goal: just get out of the cellar this year. And get Saquon next year. That's a good. That's a good slogan. Saquon for seller or something like that. I could do something with it. But I also want to update. I know you. I know you guys were. Oh, well, I know beer. You're heavily invested in the best balls over there on Playdraft. Man, I missed out on one of the playoffs by four points because Tyreek and Kareem Hunt were on by this week. Gosh darn it, man! I missed out on one of those advancing to the next stage by four measly points, man. That's just terrible stuff. I can beat that. I was looking through my scores and a lot of two out of 12s. And when I look at it, literally less than a point. It was like .16 or something, second place in that bad boy. So move a few of them on. That's all you need. Take a few shots at it. But, yeah, they'll sting. And we're proud of you, buddy. You got got another win. And (laughs) I don't know why when you're trying to win, you lose. When you're trying to lose, you win. But, you know, maybe next year with Saquon. You can straighten the ship there and uh, take home a little championship hardware. But let's move on to the DFS here, guys. Got a bunch of afternoon games again. No teams on by this week. So a lot of action here. First game, 
Not too exciting here, Derek. Jets and Tennessee, two lead us off. You know, the Jets have just been a mess, got throttled at home by the Patriots. Tennessee went to Houston, took one on the chin there. So who responds? Maybe none of the above here. Any interest in DFS here, Jets and Titans? Yeah, very little interest here. Total very low. It's currently set at 40, so not a ton of interest. Uh, Josh McCown, uh, sounds like he hurt his thumb, so going to have to wait and see if he plays. If he does play, I do think you can look at some of these pass catchers as you know cheap guys. We saw Anunua and Curse. They're both decent values. Anderson's only 3,500, so all three of them you can sprinkle throughout your lineups. As far as the Titans are concerned, it's really just been you know one-man show over the last month or so, and that's Corey Davis just continues to have uh, some pretty big games. He led everyone down against the Colts, but other than that, uh, 12, 28, 24 fantasy points, three of his last four games. Good spot at home against the Jets. I think you can certainly go to him at uh, his price point. Not really sure what to expect uh, from Deion Lewis. I keep playing him at this cheap price point, uh, especially over on Fandle. He's dirt cheap over there. But this could be a game where they lean on uh, Derrick Henry a little bit more. And Henry, only 3,800. So if you're looking for a really uh, you know deep tournament play, you can maybe look at him. And Johnny Smith's been getting more and more involved. I know he doesn't see a ton of targets, but those targets have been valuable. He scored in three of the last four weeks. So. Not a ton to like here, but there are some interesting values if you're building multiple lineups. Yeah, John at 3,300. I don't mind that one. So you, know, you could pluck some value out of here. I don't disagree there. Chop, thoughts here, Jets and Titans. Yeah, since Deion Lewis was the chalk player three weeks ago, he has been a major bust all three weeks. So I don't know, man. I'll, so I'll take a look at the ownership percentage. If it's way down, maybe I go back to Deion Lewis here. But a Corey Davis's team, as far as I'm concerned, that's the man. So, in fact, I got a nice little signed mini helmet here from Corey Davis. I just got in the mail. That's pretty nice stuff. So, uh, Directly Corey from Davis. Corey? That was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my dad, my dad got it for me. He likes to uh, spend his time now on eBay just sniping people <laughs> for – I don't know. It's, it's, his new, it's his thing, man. It's let, him, let him have his fun, so – he got it for me. But Corey Davis's team, I'll go back to that route. If Josh McCown plays and is healthy, then uh, he'll be my – I'll have a little sleeper connection here of McCown to Robbie Anderson. I've just been waiting on the right matchup here to get Robbie Anderson healthy and and getting paired up with McCown. And I think this is the week, is assuming both of them practice all week and end up being healthy, I want some McCown to Robbie Anderson as my off-the-radar Kind of, you know, every week somebody will step up and have a performance where the quarterback to receiver is kind of lower owned and, and can win you a tournament. I think that could be the pairing this week that wins you a tournament. Yeah, and the targets have been there for Anderson. He's got 22 targets over the last three weeks. You just don't have a lot of the results. But, you know, the connection was there last season. McCown, you know, he's a, the old DGAF. He's just going to throw it down and, and throw it up in the air. So you know, I don't mind that call at all. Titans have struggled with the deep ball this season. So, Good call there at 3,500. All right, next game, Kansas City going to Oakland. Big favorites here, Chop, 15-point favorites. So I guess we have to address it from that standpoint. Do we worry that they're just going to roll this team, you know, and kind of take their foot off the gas, or is there going to be enough meat on the bone where they do roll this team and you want those Chiefs in your lineup? So I think this is a big, big-time decision to be made on this slate is what do we do with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I'm, I definitely worry about too too big of a blowout too quickly, and then we don't get 
uh, what we want from the majority of the players in this game. Somebody will step up and probably still do well, but when it's that big of a blowout, it tends to, uh, as opposed to like a shootout where it could be a bunch of guys still make value and even exceed it by a good margin, like the L.A. Rams game against Casey, you know, multiple guys. You know, Kelsey got off, Tyreek Hill got off, Mahomes got off, like even Chris Conley. But when you get to be a blowout, maybe it's only Kareem Hunt and everybody else is a bust. Or maybe it's only Tyreek and everybody else is a bust. So then you're kind of left with a one in four or one in five dart. And that's not a good feeling. So, yeah, I think it's a blowout. I think it gets out of hand quick. I think we could see a lot of guys like Spencer Ware in this game or Demarcus Robinson filling in, Demetrius Harris. I don't think they push Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They, these guys could all – they could still come out in that first half and, and get their big points. But I don't think there's a huge, huge ceiling on these guys this week. So uh, I'm I'm a little worried about that. I don't know. Maybe Kareem Hunt would be my uh, preferred option here, but I, I worry that at these price tags, you need a lot more. At, I mean, Tyree Kill is nine point one. That's a that's just, I can't um, think of another time when he was that high. That's like elite Antonio Brown type numbers, and we could only really be throwing for one half of football here. So I don't know, man. I'll probably have to pass on some of these huge salaries and and then hope that the blowout comes and that they don't reach their true ceiling. I mean, Tyreek Hill, $800 more than any receiver on DraftKings this week. Michael Thomas checks in at 8300 Patrick Mahomes, $1,000 more than any other quarterback. 1000 more than Cam Newton. Kelsey, 400 more than Ertz. So, so Hunt seems like the guy people go to, but $100 more, you, you get a guy like Saquon Barkley. So you, you love the spot, and maybe they put 42 on him in the first half, and you get your numbers. But you know, it seems like a risky proposition. Derek, where do you come out on this? with these Kansas City Chiefs as big favorites on the road. Yeah, I think it's a good spot, obviously, for uh, the Chiefs. But uh, the question is whether or not uh, the starters are going to be in there the whole game. But if this if this game does stay competitive, you're going to have to get exposure to the Chiefs. Huge implied total. They have a 70% pass rate over the last four games. That could have something to do with their opponents. But Oakland is dead last in DVOA against the pass. So I really do like the spot uh, for Mahomes and uh, all of his pass catchers. It kind of does make sense uh, to play Hunt here um, since they're going to be, you know, ahead and they might be running the clock out a little bit. But yeah, I just don't know if I like him as much as some of the other running backs in the slate. So for me, I'll probably just be doing, you know, a bunch of different tournament lineups with some cheap stacks. Don't mind going to Hill because nobody's going to want to pay that price for him. Don't mind going to Kelsey. Um, the last time we saw him, you know, he had the big game against the Rams. And before that, he was kind of quiet against the Cardinals. So uh, maybe he flies under the radar a little bit. Tight end's typically a position everyone wants to pay down at. And as I mentioned, uh, in part one, this is a pretty good week for tight ends. So I think you're going to get the Chiefs at lower ownership than usual, even though the matchup is arguably better than it uh, normally is. And they're playing on the road. So maybe the Raiders find a way to keep this one fairly competitive. As for the Raiders, not really anything that I like here. Maybe take a shot on Marcel Aitman. Uh, had 10 targets uh, the other, last game against the uh, uh, Ravens. So, He'd be the one guy that I'd try to bring it back with. Uh, you know, maybe Seth Roberts, too, at 4K. But uh, Aitman seems to be the guy that uh, you know, could be gaining some steam here a little bit towards the end of the season. Yeah, I'll add Jalen Rashard into that mix. Didn't do much in that last game. But, you know, it, it's a team. That's that's the problem here is you want to stack up Kansas City. Who do you run it back with with the Raiders? So I like the Aitman call. It's a guy they like a lot. And what do they have to lose? You know, roll these young receivers out there and take a look. But. Tough to get excited about the Raiders, guys. And let's go to a much better competitive game, Derek. Minnesota and New England here. Vikings got it done at home against Green Bay. New England went to New York, 
beat the Jets. The one thing that stood out here, the total seems a little low in this game. You know, I, I would have thought for sure this would be a 53-54. We're sitting at 48-and-a-half in this game. So does that give you any pause for concern here? We know that the, the names from Minnesota. It's Cousins, Cook, Diggs, Thielen, New England, same thing. You know, we know all the, the cast of characters should be offensive fireworks. That total just smells a little low to me. Any concern there, Derek? Yeah, the total does seem low to me, too. I'm guessing that throughout the week uh, it's going to go up a little bit because uh, I think I like both of the passing games in this one. The Pats don't really get any pressure on the quarterback and just sets up as a really good spot. Uh, this is a game where we could see double-digit targets for both Diggs and Thielen, so you can play both of them. And obviously, if we like them, then we're going to have to like Kirk Cousins as well. Not too interested in the running game. Dalvin Cook didn't really you know, take hold of that role kind of like I was expecting him to against the Packers. Uh, we ended up seeing a lot of Latavius Murray, especially in the fourth quarter. So for now, I'm going to be avoiding that situation. But I do like uh, the trio of Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen. And then for the Patriots, it's just the same problem as always. I don't know who to trust uh, in this offense. The running backs never quite know who's going to get all the work. Uh, you know, Michelle's going to get most of the carries, but then Burkhead's going to be back in the mix, it looks like, as well. So for me, going to be avoiding those uh, running backs and maybe take a shot on Josh Corden once again. I know we'll probably get Xavier Rhodes, but I'll take his chances one-on-one against anybody. Uh, we saw Gronk finally look uh, pretty decent last week. I'm not sure I'm going to be paying up for him just yet, but maybe there's a little bit of gas left in that thing. Yeah, 5400 is still a, a nice price on Gronk. So, you know, I think if you want to go back to that, well, I had a lot of him last week. It started out good, got the touchdown, was hoping for more, but, you know, it's one of the better games he's had recently. So, We'll take it in that 5,400. I'm definitely interested in going back to that well. Chop, Vikings, we know you love some Stefan Diggs. We know he's been playing extremely well. Remains cheaper than Adam Thielen. So thoughts there on the passing game. And then New England, what do we do? You know, there's a ton of ways we can go here. Derek mentioned Burkhead back, throws another wrench into the running game. So parse through those New England Patriots for us as well. This is the uh, most stackable and best fantasy game of the day, in my opinion, just my opinion, but I think this is it. From the Minnesota side is, you know, always good in games like this because it's so concentrated. You know it's going to come from Cousins, Steelen, and Diggs. Like Kyle Rudolph, Laquan Treadwell, those guys never get there in the passing game. The only thing you ever have to worry about is Dalvin Cook vulturing something, and I don't think that happens this week. So love that Minnesota passing attack. On the New England side – Oh, man, there's so many options here. But I agree with uh, Noto in, in the Josh Gordon. I'm, I'm not worried about matching up with any particular cornerback. I think Gordon's matchup proof. Edelman looks good. Uh, if James White had not had that explosion earlier this year when Michelle was out, everybody would be looking at James White going, oh, James White, this sets up for a great James White game. It's Minnesota. They're not going to run the ball straight at Minnesota. They're going to use James White out of the backfield. That's what's going to happen again. It's just that he's 6,500, and we've seen the best out of James White, so nobody plays him anymore. But this is a James White game, so I think you can play James White on DraftKings and get your point per reception and get your eight receptions and hope he gets in the end zone. So I like Brady, James White, Gordon, Edelman. I can probably pass on Gronk in this game but and, uh, and Chris Hogan and those other guys, but I think it sets up very nicely for both passing games. Yeah, James White, a guy nobody will play. So I, I like that call. Vikings in the middle of the road against pass-catching running backs here uh, as far as yardage allowed. So certainly could set up that way. But I think there could be more points here. Again, the total seems low. It's it's discouraging. But I think this game could definitely go into the 50s. 
And I agree, Chop, very stackable. We know where the production's going in Minnesota. It's figuring out the New England side of things. But plenty of options to go there. I like Gronk to be the guy for New England. All right, last afternoon game, San Francisco and Seattle. So a divisional game here. San Francisco, let's swirl in the drain here. They're going to go back to Nick Mullins for some reason. C.J. Beathard, I thought, would get the start here. But it was Mullins announced the starter. Going into Seattle here, Chop. Tough draw there. Tough to get too excited about anybody not named Matt Breida or George Kittle there. And in Seattle, what do we do here? The passing game starting to come alive. We know they want to run the ball. They got three running backs that they utilize. Favorite pieces here for Seattle because I think there will be offensive production. Just not sure where it's coming from. Yeah, this is a tough, tough game for San Francisco on the road. So <clears throat> I probably don't have a lot of interest in that offense at all. Maybe you could go to George Kittle, but you're not getting a, a any massive discount on him or anything. But he's about the only offensive weapon I have any interest in. I give a, a tip, tip of the cap to Seattle, man. I didn't think they had a good team starting this year. I thought they were going to be terrible. I mean, a three or four win team, and they and they're a playoff contending team right now. Not saying they're going to get there. I don't think they do but they're contending at least right now. And I don't know how they're doing it, really. Uh, they revamped their offensive line. They can run the ball. Russell Wilson's obviously a very good quarterback, and he peppers these mediocre receivers and gets the job done. So props to him. So I think uh, Tyler Lockett is my preferred receiver option here. Chris Carson, my preferred running back, but I could probably fade the running game here altogether and – fade Russell Wilson because they just don't pass enough anyway. So I guess, you know, Tyler Lockett, I don't know, man. I just – I don't want to – don't want to take the easy way out and not say anybody's name. But then again, I don't want to give you a guy that – I really can't see myself playing anybody from this game. Seattle just slows it down and runs the ball so much these days. Are they really going to struggle with San Francisco at in Seattle? I doubt it. It's a 10 points. I could just see them grinding this thing out with three different running backs and – you have no idea who's going to get the production, and, and nobody ends up with a good fantasy game. So, yeah, honestly, I probably wouldn't take anybody from this game, but the guys I mentioned are the guys I'm most likely to play if I did. Yeah, Doug Baldwin stands out to me. 5500 is still an, a nice price on him. 17 targets over the last two weeks, so maybe he can kind of get back into the role that, that we've seen him play in the last few years. But it's still a team that loves to run first, Derek. So do we attack the running game here? Do we attack some of these receivers, Lockett, Baldwin? Uh, were you staying away from Seattle and San Francisco? Tough to get excited about them. Yeah, pretty much a stay away from me on San Francisco's side. Going to keep an eye on Goodwin and Garcon. If they're both out again, then I do think you can look at Pettis and Bourne. You know, last week everyone uh, played Bourne, and it was Pettis that went off. So maybe uh, you go back to Bourne if uh, Garcon and and Goodwin are both out again. But for the most part, not a ton of interest on San Fran's side. And then kind of group with you guys on Seattle. They have a you know very slow-paced offense, and they like to spread it around. Uh, you guys mentioned Baldwin and Lockett, but uh, David Moore has been getting more and more involved uh, recently. He has 13 targets, caught that big touchdown last week. So I think a lot of people will look to Moore. I probably lean Baldwin uh, of the three, but probably can't see myself playing any of them uh, in terms of a core play or anything like that. Wilson, he does uh, tend to show up in the second half of the season. He's been playing well. He has at least seven or at least two touchdowns in seven straight games. But yeah, I'm going to lean toward the running game as well. I think Chris Carson's going to have a pretty good game. The question is whether or not we can play him on DraftKings, where he pretty much has to score a touchdown if he's going to, you know, exceed value at that price point. You know, he doesn't do a lot of uh, work in the passing game. So for me, not a ton of interest, but kind of agree with you guys. There's some decent fringe tournament plays, but nothing that really stands out. 
A little little narrative. Dante Pettis played at Washington, so going back up to the to the New Northwest. So maybe there's some narrative there. But again, tough to get too excited about the Niners. But cheap. There's value if you're stacking San Francisco or Seattle. You know, I think you do take a shot on a Pettis or a Bourne. All right, guys, let's move on to Sunday night. This one should be fun, Derek. Chargers going into Pittsburgh. So two teams very much in the mix here in the AFC. Chargers, we know, lost Melvin Gordon. I think the question here is, is Austin Eckler going to be a thousand percent owned on this showdown slate? <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to be a thousand percent owned, but uh, I don't think we have the prices just yet. Hopefully they'll bump up his price uh, when they do release that pricing. As far as the Thursday to Monday slate, you know, makes a lot of sense to just play that and uh, keep a spot open for Eckler uh, in your cash games. He makes a lot of sense at 5,400 uh, in that Thursday to Monday slate, but a lot to like in this one. You mentioned it. I uh, could see a little bit more from Rivers. Now that Melvin Gordon is out, you can pair him up with uh, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, uh, any of his pass-catching options, really. As far as the Steelers go, I think this is the spot where James Conner finally gets going. I mean, he's got two quiet games in a row, but we know that uh, he is a workhorse running back, and if they can get that running game going a little bit, maybe they'll lean heavily on him. Uh, they probably should have done that a little bit more last week against the Broncos uh, when they had a chance to tie it there at the end, but uh yeah a lot to like here uh, i still prefer antonio over juju especially since they're going to be pretty closely priced together and vance mcdonald if he's able to go uh, i like him quite a bit you know he's been seeing more and more snaps over the last few weeks so it uh, seems like he is kind of their main tight end over jesse james now being a parent can be really challenging it's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children that's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. All right, Chop, Sunday Night Football and the Chargers. I did a show earlier with, with Dan Bach, and he brought up Justin Jackson, and I agreed completely, a guy that you're probably familiar with of college football days. Northwestern seemed like he was there about a 1,000 years, but I think he could be intriguing. Everybody's excited about Eckler, but Jackson's going to get some work here as well. So thoughts on him? Could he be the sneaky play in the showdown? We don't have pricing yet, but I don't see him being very highly priced, just 3600 on this uh, Thursday to Monday slate. So thoughts there, thoughts on Eckler, his ownership, and then Pittsburgh. Is it Connor? Is it Brown? Is it Juju or a full-on onslaught here for the Steelers? I mean, it's a showdown slate, so there is always merit. I don't care who the player is. There's always merit to fading a guy who could be 95% owned. I mean, and that's really probably what he'll be, 90 to 95%. I don't care how good he is. There's always merit on a showdown slate. If this if this game were part of the 13 games regular slate, then uh, I would probably lock in Eckler. I mean, just push the lock button on him. Uh, but uh, you you know, in the showdown slates, like you said, there's merit to fading him and putting in Justin Jackson and hoping something happens right there. You get a little catch, a little magic in that bottle one time, and that's how you that's how you win those things instead of uh, tying. You know like literally 2,000 ways. So, yeah, there's merit to Jackson. Eckler's always, you know, that's a fine play, but showdown slate, you can fade him. Keenan Allen, I think, is my most desirable play in the, on, the, on the Los Angeles Chargers side would be Keenan Allen. So, I could go there. I think it's going to be a big Rivers and Allen and Mike Williams game or Tyrell. 
I don't actually think that the running backs are going to take a back seat in this game. So I like the passing game for LA and Pittsburgh at home is a juggernaut. Another game where if this was, if this was on the main slate, you could see stacking up Pittsburgh with, you know, those quarterback RB wide receiver stacks for Pittsburgh. They've won tournaments the past three or four years, just stacking up the whole team in games like this. This is going to be one of those games for Pittsburgh. I think problem is it's a showdown slate. So you got to be a little different, but I think it's a big game for this offense. You got to, find which way it is and man you'd be hard pressed to tell me that Antonio Brown's that much better than Juju right now Juju's like so good man just so good right now so I love that guy so I I don't know man I think I might have a new favorite wide receiver man that dude's like 21 years old I think unbelievable maybe not even 21 I mean he's got a bright future no doubt so should be a fun game for sure I mean two teams that you know this could shoot out as well 52 about where the total stands. I think this one could go over the total pretty easily here. So I'm with you. I'm more in favor of the passing game here. We don't hate that James Conner call. Justin Jackson, keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye on that price for that showdown slate. All right, let's wrap it up here, Chop. NFC East, Monday night, we got Washington and Philadelphia, two teams trying to stay alive here. Washington obviously sitting pretty here, Philadelphia fighting for their lives. But Washington hits the road. They lose their quarterback. How do they respond here with Philadelphia? And can we go back to Philadelphia? You know, can we go back to Wentz and Ertz? It's been somewhat of a disappointment the last couple weeks, but Monday night, do they get it going again? Oh, 100% Philadelphia is going to roll Washington in this game. Just roll them. There's not even, not even a question in my mind how this game plays out. Don't like any of the Washington side. I think Colt McCoy brings down the pass catchers who already weren't that good anyway. Brings them down. I mean, just like we saw with Eli, a poor quarterback, even with a suspect secondary on the other side, a poor quarterback can just totally eliminate that advantage you have. And I don't think McCoy's that good of a passing quarterback. He can run and scramble a little bit, but don't think it's enough to pull it out here. Peterson won't be able to get going. It's a showdown slate, so you got to play one of these guys. If I'm going to play anybody, it's probably going to be Jordan Reed, who's the most – likely to have a decent game here, but I don't like the Washington side at all. I think Philadelphia rolls him. When I'm stacking this game up, I'm going uh, five Philly players and one Washington player. Uh, the five Philly players, all you could go any combination you want. I think any of them's just as likely to do well as the other ones. Josh Adams is the guy everybody will play. He'll be the most popular pick in the game. But I could see fading him because it's a showdown slate. Regular, if this were that 13 game, I, Josh Adams would be a guy I block into like 60 or 70 percent of my lineups. But on a showdown slate, I can fade the guy. Uh, I actually like Golden Tate quite a bit here. Probably going to get the better matchup, quarterback wise, out of anybody on the team. They're trying to find targets for him. I think this is the game he gets it going. So I'll, I'll roll with some Golden Tate. Yeah, Corey Clement kind of feels like the Justin Jackson, like we just talked about. You know, everybody going to be on Adams. The, the price looks cheap on the full slate. We'll see if they bump that up for the showdown slate. But Clement, a guy that got a little bit more involved. We know he's good in the passing game and good around the end zone. So I think he could be the sneaky cheap play here. Derek, same question to you. You know, Wentz, it's been a struggle the last few weeks. Ertz, we saw him bounce back a little bit last week, put up a nice score. But I feel good about going back to that well. And any more excitement for this Washington side? than Chop has. I think I'm in the same camp. Tough to get so excited about some Redskins here. 
Yeah, I mean, for the showdown slate, we got to take somebody. Uh, for the Thursday to Monday slate, I think you avoid uh, Washington completely. But for the showdown slate, I think there's some interesting plays. I mean, Josh Doxson saw 10 targets last week. He's kind of their deep threat. We know it's Cole McCoy. He's not great, but he'll at least take some shots, unlike Alex Smith. Uh, downfield a little bit. Uh, Jordan Reed has come alive a little bit the last two games, 13 catches for 146 yards. He is listed as questionable. I think he missed practice on Monday. So if he's unable to go, then you can fire up Vernon Davis. And Trey Quinn, I mean, he's slowly coming along a little bit. He's kind of their uh, you know, shifty slot receiver. I don't think he's a terrible play either. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be a Philly onslaught for me as well. I do like Josh Adams. He's going to be very popular, obviously. But Washington, 28th in DVOA against the run. Uh, Adams got 22 carries last week. And then Doug Peterson came out and said that he wants to get him even more touches uh, moving forward. So uh, unlike you guys, I do think uh, I will be playing or at least hitting the lock button on Adams. I uh, agree with Chop on Tate. They are trying to get him the ball. He has 16 targets the last two weeks. And he should avoid Josh Norman. Uh, he should be on the outside against Alshon Jeffrey. So like that call quite a bit. Ertz always in play regardless of the matchup. And, and Wentz, it's a pretty good uh, spot for him as well. And keep an eye on some of the injuries. Peterson, Chris Thompson, both questionable. So we'll see. They, they may be thin in that, that backfield once again for Washington. But that'll wrap us up here for the football for week 13. Guys, we did it. We made it through each and every game. Go back to part one, and that's where we covered Thursday night and all the early games for the main slate. Any final thoughts here, guys? Any bold calls you want to make about the football? we got a few user questions we'll answer. We'll get an update on some holiday stuff here as well. But final thoughts on football. Derek, anything here? Bold calls, hot takes, floor is yours, sir. All right. Uh, as far as bold calls, I'm going to go Tyreek Hill, uh, over 200 yards and two touchdowns against the uh, Raiders. And then I will say Jacksonville pulls off the upset. Uh, that division is always so crazy. I'm going to say they pull off the upset at home. Uh, thanks to some strong games from their running backs. Homer alert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Homer alert. So you're paying that price on Tyreek then, 9,100. I, I think people will avoid it. So, yeah. yeah, in tournaments for sure. I mean, he, he's got more upside than anybody at that position. So I like that call. Chop, bold calls, hot takes. The floor is yours. I'll go with the uh... – a bold call that Lamar Jackson just can't quite get it going rushing, and that makes him a huge bust this week who runs for less than 40 yards and passes for less than 150 yards, and everybody's crying about it oh. in that match. I know you're going to be crying, Derek. <laughs> I just don't – I don't even know if it's that bold of a call. I just don't trust him. That's really the way I feel, so – I don't know, man. And uh, how about uh, Odell Beckham gets shut out? He gets held to zero catches, and then that's it. He throws a temper tantrum in the post-game press conference. There you go. I like it. I, I was going to go Homer as well. It's Aaron Jones. Feel good about him. Philip Lindsay, like him. I, I'm just going to go bold with something I talked about earlier. The Lions are going to beat the Rams. I, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's just a Lion-esque thing to do. So I think you want some exposure. Obviously going to be a shootout, but I think the Lions end up winning that game. We'll say Kenny Galladay ends up as the highest producing wide receiver on this slate as my bold call. So let's get to some user questions here again. We're lacking in this department, guys. We've got to step up our question game, but we got a few here. So this one's interesting. You know, this is one that we didn't get to last week, but if you could go back in time and give the other two OGs a different username, what would it be? 
Chop, any thoughts here? You're, you're the creative one of the group. Yo, I don't, that's a really tough one. I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, when you see your usernames aren't bad. Like there's some guys out there that are really, really bad. Those are the guys you want to target and get new names to, but those names y'all have are pretty adequate. And after all these years, they match you. So what can I, I can't, there's no other names I could give you. Like one guy is notorious. The other guy is beer. Like that's it. So I, what, what can I do? There's nothing. No, I, I can't change those names. That's now you give me like a, you know, Dan Bach. He just <laughs> DB, DB. Here's my username. DB. Now that can be changed. I'd, that could be powder. He should be powder 77 or something like that. Like I don't, but not, you know, your y'all's two names are just, that they are what they are. They're perfect. That's, that's who you are. That's I'm having the same issue because your chop, your noto. It's just I, I Dan was the one I was going to bring up the siege. <laughs> Maybe we can spell check that baby and, and get it spelled properly. But spell yeah. check. <laughs> Dirk, any any usernames out there you change or ours? You got any different names for us? I feel like Dean could use a new one. Oh, Dean yeah. five seven nine two vo. Too many numbers there. Want to get yeah, all the people on them. I like your guys' a lot, uh, beer maker fan. I mean, you're just a big cuddly guy, so I maybe we could add some <laughs> some cuddly beer makers. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Derek's getting that lotion and towels out. He's getting that Dwight Howard complex. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, yeah, Chop, I like it. <laughs> Throw for a loop there. I didn't think we were going to bring up Dwight Howard today, but there he is. Uh, next question. <laughs> while we, while we tra transition from that. Speaking of transition, Dwight Howard. Yeah, let's, let's, let's leave that alone. We might, we might get in trouble talking about too much Dwight Howard here. So he followed it up, though. Holiday bonus question. Do you decline to go plates from relatives if you know you won't eat it, or do you just take it and trash it? I think this is a great question. It's a very real, realistic question, and I, I take it, and if I'm not, even if I'm not going to eat it, I take it, I get home, and about five minutes later, I trash it, but you always got to be polite and accept the food. That's, I'm, I'm in the same boat. You know, it's hard to say no. Usually, they're pushing it. It's granny pushing, you know, some, some more yeah. pie or some more turkey. I mean, what are you, you going to say? You can't, you can't say no. So, even if you're not going to eat it, I'd say take the plate. Derek, thoughts there on the leftover plates? Yeah, when it comes to my mom or dad, I just say, keep it. I'm not going to eat it. Uh, if you want to throw it away now, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm not going to eat it. But, uh, yeah, anyone else, I'll just be polite and take it. All right, this one's fun. We're going to play a little backyard football. So, from Bob Estrada, uh, pretend here you're the free safety in a backyard holiday football game where all current DFS players are playing. Who would you want running that blow-up route right in front of you? <laughs> I love this question. You guys got to have somebody. Derek, who are you blowing up? You know I don't have anybody. I love I love everybody. I knew you were going to answer that. Chop, you got somebody here. Sure. I have no problems at all blowing up Britt Devine. I mean, if one guy is coming across the middle, I'll take them. And please let him be wearing those Mickey Mouse ears when, when I do it. It just gives me a little extra motivation for oh, sure. That was going to be my answer. Britt and the Mickey Mouse ears. That is outstanding. But. <laughs> a lot of candidates, so I can't narrow it down to one. I feel like Derek here, you guys that, that could get blown up, but I'll stick with Brett as well in the ears. So uh, let's see if we got any other questions here. 
All right, we've had this similar question, but we'll, we'll answer it again. Would you take a million dollars from a winning DFS lineup, but you could never have any form of sex with your wife or any woman ever again? I'm going to say hell to the no. Ever again? <laughs> I mean, a million dollars sounds nice, but no, I'm good. Chop? No way, man. No yeah, way. What, what if it's, uh, let's say, $100 million. Let's make there's it no, There's no dollar amount, Beard. There's no dollar amount. I, I, I wanted to test you. I'm in the yeah, same boat, man. Yeah, you don't have to test me. Say a trillion, I'm out. Derek, yeah. is there a dollar amount it would take? Let's ask that. Uh, no, there is no dollar amount. Even though I ask for extra lotion and towels every once in a while, uh, no, I would not, I would not take that. Yeah. Hey, listen, listen, like money is, it's fine. It's good. And when you have it and you say it doesn't matter, it's because you have it. But the truth is none of that really matters. Like enjoying your life, this journey that you're going to be on here till you die, until you get older, you got to enjoy it, man. If you can't, if you can't do the things you like, what good is money, man? And you can't, you can't die with that money. It doesn't do anything once you listen. If I had a billion dollars when I died, you would think that would be great for the kids. But in all honesty, I wouldn't leave it to the kids. I don't know if I told you guys this before, if this was brought up, but I wouldn't even leave it to my kids because that, that, that would create like this sense of entitlement and not having to work hard. The hard work and all that stuff that goes into making it is what is part of the life. That's what's fun about life. That's what makes you appreciate when you finally get there. So money is nothing, man. Y'all can have the money. I want to enjoy it. And having that, uh, the sexy time on the weekends, that's, that's part of life's <laughs> enjoyments, man. All right. Don't take that away. I mean, you keep your money, man. No doubt. So chop, let's get an update on those holiday lights. I, I know. People <laughs> Not quite in progress yet. <laughs> Not quite. I'm still trying to design. I'm laying out the design. I got the plans in place. I just need, uh, to run to the store and find the right lights for, I have two big windows that I want to fill. It's, it's like prime real estate on the Las Vegas strip. Somebody's got to be there. It's got to be filled. And these, these windows in the front of the house, I've got to fill them with something. That's what I'm working on right now. So uh, once I get that down, probably by this weekend, I'll be having some, some major lighting issues working up here and i did see a tweet from you that i agreed with a, a thousand percent when these lights all get hooked up and everything and there's about ten thousand stops in the house before you go to bed of things you have to turn off unplug that always lands on our plate so i'm feeling that the inside is done no outside lights yet same planning things out probably this weekend derek got those lights up yet no, and it is supposed to snow Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if I don't get up there tomorrow, uh, it might be a while. All right, so we better get out of here. We better wrap things up, guys. Any final thoughts, anything you guys want to talk about, Chop? I know you just gave us a little life lessons there, so yeah. maybe not much left from you. Derek, anything you want to cover before we get out of here for week 13? Well, we're not getting many good questions these days, so uh, maybe Chop can uh, you know, come up with some questions for us next week. There we go. We'll come up with our own damn questions. Put the pressure on me, huh, man? Yeah. There you go, Chop. You got a job now. Not only planning out the lights, but questions. But we will be back next week. Of course, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to Week 13. If you guys have any questions, we're always available on Twitter. There's a little comment section right below the, the, the pods as well. Uh, you can answer your questions there. But always a great time, guys. Good luck in Week 13. Derek, hopefully you need some extra lotion and towels. Chop, hopefully you can plan out those lights uh, and really do it up on that Vegas uh, strip you got there at the household. But for Head Chop, for Notorious, I am here, saying salut. Best of luck, guys, here in week 13. We'll be back next week. We're out of here. We'll see you guys.